Welcome back to the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Zach, last week, we we kind of gave up on that intro. I don't know why we haven't thought of a new one yet, because, like we said before, this season, we're talking a lot of shit about Chelsea, but um, it just it still feels like a lie to say that. We're going to keep it intact, just in the hopes that next season it can be applicable again to what Chelsea, to what this podcast actually is. And like, as much as I want to talk crap about Arsenal, I mean, we deserve it more. <laughs> That's yeah, the sad part. Be, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about Arsenal too. Um, yeah. But hey, I know the last couple episodes has just me and been me and you, Zach. But. Did we we had a third co-host before, right? Andreas, think, that's right. Uh, yeah, he was he was uh he actually just got back from a long trip to Italia. So, Andreas, welcome back to uh, the podcast. How's your hey. trip? Buonasera, come andiamo? Oh God, uh, here it is. He picked, yeah, this dude just picked up Italian, huh? <laughs> Casual. What else does he know? Let's let, let let's let him cook. Go. <laughs> io sono Andres y yo amo el Chelsea, pero el calcio no tutti bene. That no sounds like Italian. No tutti bene, for sure. It doesn't sound I, like Italian. It sounds like a mix of Spanish and Italian. But he's using his hands, so it, I think it is Italian. All three exactly. of us did it at the exact same time. Everybody knows exactly what we're doing without there being a visual of it. But how was the trip? Tell tell yeah. tell us a little bit about trip it. Trip was amazing. Fifteen days. Got to go as far south of, as Positano, Rome, Florence, Milan, Venice, oh. Como. Did a, did a pretty much a tour of Italy, and it was yeah, you saw it amazing, all. amazing. The food, obviously, uncomparable to anything we have here. Olive Garden will never be the same, you know. <laughs> is the pizza actually better there yeah the so luckily for us our first night was in naples and from what i had heard like that is the place for pizza and if you're ever in naples which isn't really a tourist attraction pizza polone is what everyone in our hotel recommended and it was worth the recommendation i it was amazing it was amazing i love how thin the crust is just yeah big big fan of of the pizza from there and then the pasta specifically in rome was just out of this world i i'd go back just for mm. the food i don't i wouldn't even move out of the one city. <laughs> i'd just go eat you're tempting yeah. me to you're tempting me to to make a trip i mean i i'd love nothing more than to get away and not have to focus on life which <laughs> including chelsea yeah I really right. thought I really thought I'd come back to a little bit better, you know, like I made the mistake of Brother. watching <laughs> I I made the mistake of watching I think was the Madrid, the second Madrid game. Um but after that I said I'm good. I'll just see what the <laughs> score is. I'll see the lineup and if the Didn't lineup inspires me, I'll I'll maybe check it out because it was it was a late Luckily, it was like late games, so it wouldn't have been like, oh, hey, Hannah, let's stop touring the Coliseum. Let's go watch Chelsea. You know, it was always like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. It would so. have been inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. And that was technically your honeymoon? Uh, no, no, no. We just always oh, yeah. talked about going to Europe, and timing was good. We yeah. found a good deal on a credit card that helped us with, with flights and whatnot, and just kind of nice. didn't want to keep waiting and you know life can come at you fast so we're like let's go now as much as i'd love to spend the whole episode talking about your vacation andreas <laughs> and i'm not being sarcastic i would honestly prefer to talk about that than talk about chelsea right now but unfortunately our listeners they're they're here to hear about chelsea not about your vacation um but if they but, do want to listen to it, we can record another pod we'll, yeah we'll, we'll do a special <laughs> we'll do a special where it's just you talking about your vacation every day break you know break it down day by day all right arsenal they bottled the league i i think since we haven't recorded since the city match so 
We haven't recorded um, since they bottled the league, really. Like exactly. That's when they, that you're that's, mentioning it. Yeah, that's when they officially did. So um, that's the only thing that we have going for us this season is watching Arsenal bottle it and being able to say we finished with the same amount of trophies. Come on, man. I do want uh, an honorable mention to a last minute loss from Spurs as well. They thought they equalized late in the game. Oh Did you my see your, that? your boy Richarlison. Richarlison. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny to me. You know, I I loved him before he went to Spurs and now that he's there, he's just a wanker. Like I can't stand the guy. You see the tattoo on his back, right? It's him with yeah. Neymar and, and, and Ronaldo. R9, like Ronaldo. <laughs> like Ronaldo, a, like Ronaldo. a Mount Rushmore Brazilian legend. Like, dude, get your name off there. of there. But like realistically, you should be you should have like fucking Pato and like someone else on the other side and take your pick of any and old friend you know, the other friend uh, the striker yeah, the friend other from friend. a few world cups ago <laughs> god oh, damn man. i mean yeah like his first that's his first goal first league goal takes off his shirt running around does the dumb fucking pigeon celebration and then like <laughs> 10 seconds later Diogo well, Jota. It was funny because Son celebrated the pigeon celebration with Richarlison, and yeah. then it, it's almost like he told him, "Hey, get back to the center circle because I'm gonna serve it up on a plate to Jota in about 15 seconds." <laughs> and what Not do you know? That. Son gets the ball and he serves it right up the Jota. No, it was was it Son or was or, it or, Lucas? Or, no, I thought uh, it was Son I mean, uh, that, that that misplaced that pass. I don't know if I it went. Lucas. It didn't go right to Jota. I don't think, but yeah. Anyways, it was Son that fucked it up. But this it was just also funny. like the fourth. Isn't this like the fourth time he's taken his shirt off? And like the three times before, <laughs> all the goals were ruled out. He has more goals ruled out this season than goals ruled in, and he's taken his shirt off more times than he scored. Insane. So, hey, honestly, yeah. we are not ones to joke about uh, lack of scoring. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we scored. We we scored one goal in all of April. One goal in the whole month. We did that earlier this season. I forget which month it was, but shout out to Connor Gallagher for having the goal of this of the month. Um, and, and shout e- out to by the winning way, every for category. The goal of May. I'm calling it now. That was the goal That's of the month. <laughs> that would we're, be the only goal of a month. We're amortizing our goals. You know, just like the contracts we were signing. It's just yeah. one goal a month. That's it's 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 better when you spread it out that way. God. Plus, we want to oh give God. the teams at the we want to give the teams in the relegation battle like a, a, a legitimate chance of staying up too. You know, like it it wouldn't be fair if we just won all of our all of our games and scored a bunch of goals and you know we have to give a chance to the Forests and the Evertons and the Southamptons of the world. It's still ridiculous Dude. that mathematically they are we are still like well in a relegation battle. Like nobody should get it twisted. There is a full possibility that I think it's Southampton and Nottingham or, or Everton and Nottingham. That, I mean, there's a full full chance that they could pick up three wins and put us but in some real danger. Luckily, I think two of the relegation teams play each other. Yeah, it's Nottingham and, so, and Everton, I believe. If it wasn't for the matchup there, I'd be shitting my pants realistically because yeah. about two months ago, I joked about us not getting to 40 points. And now I really don't think we will get 40 points. That's but I where think, I'm at. But I still world... think we'll be safe. I, I agree. You... I, think, I think we can yeah. avoid relegation, but I legitimately don't think we get 40 points. Oh, hell no. Can you imagine a world where we sack Tuchel one or two weeks earlier? We would legitimately <laughs> get relegated. Well, I, I agree with that part. The 10 points Tuchel got us ended up saving us, but at the same time, we'll get to... Lampard as a manager and, and what he's done, but my God, I really don't think. Like, what was the guy's name that did the Liverpool match? I already forgot Bruno his name. Saltor. Bruno Saltor got a draw against Liverpool. Yeah, he got us a one. He had one match, and he has more points than Lampard. It goes to show that even though we sacked Potter, the the product he gave us was millions times better than what we're getting from Frank Lampard. Which hindsight's twenty twenty, but god damn. 
Hindsight's also gotta, a cruel bitch. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got to go revisionist history hardcore on this yeah. sacking now because, like, under Graham Potter, our defense looked good. Now Third it's best defense in the league. We were creating like some of the like the most number of chances in the Premier League, just like up until the also last like games. also like led the league and like probably most missed missed big chances. Um, and it's just, I don't understand. I can, I can't wrap my head around how poor the whole team is at scoring. Like if you just look at the names of other players in the premier league who would be our leading scorer in the, in the league right now, like our leading scorer is Kai Havertz with seven. There's 28 players who have more than seven goals. Brennan Johnson, Danny Ings, Eze, Trossard, McAllister, Pascal Gross. Like, score the world recently. Dude, like, Brighton has two people or three people. Matoma, probably, yeah. Four. Four people. Sully Marsh and Matoma both have seven goals. All four of them would be our leading goal scorer or joint leading goal scorer like Joel Linton I mean are these guys that I'm naming are any of them more talented than any of the players that we have in our front line it's not it's not talented it's the word is motivation no not even that not even that like Joel Linton plays box-to-box center mid this year and he has more goals than our quote-unquote striker I mean, Pascal Gross has played almost every position besides center back and keeper this season, and he has seven fucking goals. It's it's like he has eight, eight, <laughs> even better. Darwin, what Nunez a hell of a has, season! Darwin has Darwin seven Nunez. too. He has nine. Oh, nine. Great. So that uh, fucker could keep singing about him now, huh? <laughs> that that fucker is me. Yes, I will keep singing Darwin Nunez songs, but I just. It just really, I can't wrap my head around it. And Zach, I, I want you to get back into your thought about like the motivation thing. Like, is that really, like, can that really explain it all? I don't, I don't know. think it, 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 it doesn't, doesn't ex- it doesn't explain it all, but I definitely think that it explains a lot. I mean, you look at the way Newcastle's playing this entire season, free flowing football, they're scoring goals for fun, they're defending really well, they had a really good patch of the season where they were just, picking up results left right and center but the but the other thing is like you know i think motivation is a huge aspect of it but now that i'm actually talking about it i i think there's also a, a combination of the motivation comes from having a platform that you can rely on as a footballer right like eddie howe clearly yeah. has a system deserby clearly has a system uh, uh i mean you name it anybody else on that list unai emery clearly has a system and a way of playing so even if the players are like you know what i'm not up to it today they still know what their duties are then they could still like do bare minimum to get by but like with guys like uh, joe linton and pascal gross and Sully march and matoma and all of them i mean they're just a consequence of having a really good manager implementing a really good system that maximizes what they can get out of their players and because of that the players are motivated to play like you're if you're a brighton player or you're a newcastle player you're going out every single match fully expecting to win you're a competitive side so I think a big problem with this Chelsea team is, that, especially since the Champions League went away, where's the motivation going to come from? Like, what do these guys actually have to play for? Like, just looking Pride. through the starting lineup, what does Aubameyang have to play for? No, I what does Sterling have to play for? No, I, I get I get Aubameyang. Like, Aubameyang's the last name that, you know, should have been on the team sheet. But, like, Sterling was supposed to be the guy. You know, he came here to be the guy. And he has done everything but like I. Why does he care? He's getting paid like the guy. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's but like saying. you talk the motivation about motivation, just doesn't even look like it's there. We just went to both ends of the spectrum after firing Tuchel, right? Because Potter yeah. had the tactics, but the man is a is dull and like boring, mm-hmm. and nobody's gonna get fucking hyped when that guy walks into a room. And then you flip it to the other side, where you have Lampard, 
who his managerial career in his last 20 matches is something like three wins and all losses, like something ridiculously awful where 31 losses in his, in his last 41 Premier League matches managed. Like one something, of the worst Premier League managers yeah, ever. <laughs> something along the lines of like, it, it's why like great footballers don't become good coaches, right? Because he's probably like, oh, you know, just go do what you're paid to do because there is no tactics. and And now like – what we saw today, there is just no cohesion anywhere on the pitch. So we went from a guy that had the tactics down, but no motivation yeah. to get the guys to have bite, to now a guy that's trying to preach, like, be tough and have pride for the badge and then has zero tactics to go along with it, is having them play a 4-3-3 with Enzo as the deepest midfielder, Aspilicueta as a bombing fullback. Like, none of it makes sense. So I think motivation alone isn't it i think it's i think the, the having no tactics is even less motivation because you have people yelling yeah. at each other in the match trying to understand what the hell to do there's no platform for the players to revert to if shit hits the fan like if we go one nil down the game's over and that's yeah. what happened against arsenal like it happens we, every we, time the game was was i wouldn't even say competitive i would say we were in the match for 18 minutes after the first goal went in not a single molecule in my body thought that we were going to come back and get a result. Like well, I, statistically, so. statistically speaking, Chelsea has the least points collected after going down a goal in the Premier League. We are yeah. statistically the worst team. We've collected, oh. I think, six points all season when trailing, and that's Did that come off of two wins or six draws or. One win and three draws. I don't know my math. I, off, I, I think it's two yeah. wins. One against Crystal Palace when, when Gallagher scored like early in the season. And I mm -hmm. think there was one against West Ham. Yeah, that's, I, that's it. This team, yeah, this team just... They, they just up. give up. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, dude, can we, to be completely honest, that second half, for a little bit, it looked like we were doing something. But, but like that's, they were playing like a team. But and that's what that's what frustrated me so much. And sorry to kind of go off on like a little tangent here, but you know, we, we talk about the motivation thing. Frank decided to play some of the players that were motivated in the second half. That's the only difference. Yeah. The tactics didn't change, the way we played didn't change, our patterns of play didn't change, our fullbacks weren't making different runs, our wingers and strikers weren't making different runs. We literally just went out there and we threw Mudrik on one flank, and we had Mudaweke on the other side, and we said, go to work. Both of you are our new signings. Go make a name for yourself. And good for them, because Mudaweke had a really good second. I thought he had a decent game on the whole. I think he's a nailed-on starter for the rest of the season if I'm the fucking should manager. Be. Well, should yeah, be. I mean, hope, he probably and won't be, the but other he flank, on the left wing, uh, Mudrik should still be starting every game. I've, I've maintained the same point that I've been saying the last three or four podcasts. Every single time he's come on off the bench, he's changed the game in one way or another. He either puts the fullback on their heels, he's asking questions of the center backs, he tries to run at people, he takes shots from, from outside of the box. Like he, th The motivation is there for those guys. Like Why Ziyech is playing, why Aubameyang is playing, why Kovacic is playing, like Azpilicueta, where, where are the Lewis Halls? Where are the Chukwamekas? Like, where are the Dotro Fofanas? Yeah. Like, uh, even, even Harvey Vale. Like, if you don't want to go and play a natural number nine, you're not happy with Kai and you're not happy with Aubameyang, go play Harvey Vale up there. What happened to this fucking youth project that we had? So it's like, this is the, that was the thing that frustrated me the most is like, we have all these players that aren't motivated, and we have Frank Lampard going out before the match even started and saying, look, I'm picking my team based on the way these players trained. Well, fuck me. Sterling and Aubameyang must look like prime Cristiano Ronaldo in training. because there's <laughs> Not there's... even that. It, it's way worse than that because you're talking about, like, he's talking about the training thing, but then he also said things like, I want to be a team that presses from the front. Yeah, and then you have Obama Yang and Sterling. Like, oh my what, God. what I, are you seeing, dude? Like, dude, and, this and guy, then, he, like, he's constantly contradicting himself. Okay, like, we have to separate our love for Frank Lampard as a player and him as a manager because I, I want to call him an idiot or a moron. Yeah, manager. But Lampard's I can't say that. I can't say that because yeah. I have so much respect for him. But I, I'm gonna say he's a he's a moron for some of the sh shit that he says. Like, 
saying that he's going to start players if they deserve it. They get a clean he's starting, slate. He's starting Raheem Sterling. He's starting Aubameyang. Why are these guys people who deserve to start? What do they? What have they done that you that you believe that they deserve to start? I after after we finish this topic, I want to talk about Sterling, but yeah, but like go ahead with what you were gonna say. Yeah, I I just think like, and I I to to just harp on Lampard, like we thought it was gonna be vibes, like when we. When he got hired, we weren't thinking, wow, what an amazing moment. It's going to be a turnaround. We're going to win it out. We were <laughs> no. just thinking, he'll play the kids because that's, that's what he did his first time around. And mm-hmm. we thought, hey, man, let the kids play, get them their experience, and us as fans will enjoy the fact that the new signings are getting a bit of a run at the Premier League going into next season because this season's dead. There's nothing to play for this season. What has he done instead? Aspiliqueta keeps getting minutes. Uh, Aubameyang is int- reintroduced. Ziyech is coming off the bench as one of the first subs. It's it's just... Oh, Chalaba is getting more minutes than Badi Ashil. Um, that, that, that one, I, I don't understand. Badi Ashil has gotten the cold shoulder unlike anyone else in his Chelsea team since Frank came in. It's fucking bullshit. Felix is in... Jean Felix is now in in limbo because apparently Frank asked him, "Where do you want to play?" And Felix w- was like, "I don't know, boss. You tell me." Like th- th- that's literally what Lampard said recently. I asked Felix where he wants to play, and he wasn't sure about his position, so I don't have the the correct, consistent platform to choose him or something along those lines. Which last I checked. The manager should see where a player fits into the side. So, Jesus Christ, so, so Lampard had the vision to change Alex Awobi from a winger to a center mid, but now can't find a place for Zhao Felix, who was our creative hub before he came here. A player that we were trying to convince to like use a little bit of player power to lower his price at one point this season because we thought he might be worth keeping. So, we're not playing the youth, we're alienating. The one guy that made us have fun watching football, even though he couldn't score. And you're bringing the guys that all wanted out at some point this season back into the fold. Fabregas, actually, after this game, had said, like, you know, that bad season with Mourinho? Hitting came in. He's like, we played all the young guys at the rest of the season because there's nothing else for us to do to get those guys ready for next year. Then Conte came, and he got to see what the young guys could do, and we won the fucking league. He also what said that, are we doing? Yeah. I like, mean, he, what, he, what is the point right now? Lampard, Lampard, if he, that's the other side. Lampard's managerial career is even worse off too because he's not going to get a fucking job after this. Like, yeah. we're talking about the players not caring. His post-match conference is even worse because he's just throwing the players under the bus. I haven't heard him say shit about tactics once. I, I looked back and I was looking because, again, I, I took a break. I was gone and I didn't want to see anything from for Chelsea stuff. I looked back and I was like, oh, let's see what Lampard's saying. Same thing. But we're too easy to play against. The players are not showing the determination. Da, 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 da. And it's like, well, I haven't heard the manager say anything about X's and O's. Not a single damn thing. Yeah, It's, it's awful. Like, worse. I thought Darkest Timeline happened pre-signing Lampard. I... I Lampard being the interim manager is darkest timeline. I I mean I called it immediately when when the news came out that we were talking to Frank Lampard. Like you can go on Twitter. I posted from the Blues on Parade podcast talking about I said I just can't see how either side benefits from this. And it's true. He's he's worse off now. And I knew that would happen. He he literally hurt his chances of ever being a Premier League manager after this season, um, let alone championship. Yeah. Like it, it's it's he, bad. He doesn't. I'm want, telling he you, man, he's, do that. he's gonna have to go the Patrick Vieira route and just fucking go back. He needs to go back to the MLS, coach there a couple years. <laughs> just be a pundit, man. Yeah, just like be a much pundit. better as a pundit. You. I mean, I mean, he seems hell bent on being a coach. So, like that. I mean, I'm thinking glass <laughs> half full. He gets an MLS job, which is fucking sad to say. But, I mean, that's a but do such the, a fall that's from a grade. thing. Like, 
follow your pride for a little bit. Like JT, JT yeah. has not like the amount of times people are like JT, yeah. bring JT, and he's like, mm, I'm good. I'm gonna stay out of it. Well, he I'm knows. Keep being an assistant. I'm yeah. gonna keep being an assistant, and I'm not touching Chelsea with a ten foot pole. Not the first team. I'll help out with the academy. I'll show up here and there and do my PR, but I am not in the dugout. Zero fucking chance. I think JT's looking at Frank's situation and going, oh, God. Because you know his endgame's to coach Chelsea. But I think he's looking at it and going, I'm not doing this unless it's on my fucking terms. Unless he deserves <laughs> Especially it. after seeing what, what, what happened with Frank. Yeah. Meaning, like, the club needs to be in a much better place in order for us to be a destination just... I mean, let alone for managers, but players now too, even like it's, we really need to get our shit together and we really need to make an announcement soon in regards to the manager situation. Because like, I mean, the longer that this lingers, the results are just going to get worse. And, and there's oh. no evidence of that turning around. I mean, there's no evidence that Frank is going to go out next game, pick a completely different team with a completely different players and maybe get something out of it. I, I don't think any of that's happening. I have a theory as to why the deal isn't done yet for Pochettino. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but what Vincent Company did this year for Burnley, like, I just feel like he is, like, the secret candidate, apparently. Like, there was three candidates, and we only heard about two. We don't know who the third one was. Um... I'd stay at Burnley. Like, if what? I was company. I'd stay at Burnley if I was company. But I think like he's, we've offered him an op like a chance, and he's like mulling his options between the two. And I don't know, like, would you guys even want that over Pochettino? No. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I'm not for company. I think I. Th I, my theory is that the, the the secret candidate is still Mourinho. Oh my it, god! I'm not even joking because apparently, um, he he was approached at some level by PSG, and and he said, like, not talking to you guys. But then apparently he was also reached out by some exec at Chelsea, and and he'd say he'd talk at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't blame him because for not because Roma because Roma at the end of the day, like Roma can win the Europa League and and make it to Champions League, and they're still only like a win or two away from the Champions League spot in Syria. So it's one of those crazy things where like he can make it, but I I don't think that's the solution either. Like I I really do. I am all in on Poch, and and before Nagelsmann and Luis Enrique were available after firing Potter. Weeks prior, I had already mentioned Poch, who was already yeah. there. Like, I'm after doing a bit of like looking into what he can do, what he did with Espanol, and what he did with um, Southampton and even Tottenham. Like, I'm good with it being Poch. You're asking, like, why is it taking so long? I think for me, at least, I've gotten to a point where I'm glad it sounds like the, the, the delay is coming from Poch's end because. Our owners need to be given a reality check. They are way too involved. They have their hands in everything right now. And unfortunately, like this isn't Moneyball. Baseball and, and football are way, way different when it comes yeah, to tell, team tell that building. To Brighton. Tell that to Brighton. Moneyball definitely works. Brighton and Brentford. But it's different. It's different. They like in football, like you need to be smart with your spending. Sure, and stats matter, but like yeah, they, mean, need that, they need yeah. a mesh. They need a mesh. In baseball, you can have fucking Mookie bets and then put freaking Otani next to him who doesn't speak a lick of English and they'll both ball out. What you're because, describing is the opposite of Moneyball. Uh, I'm just saying, yeah. I, obviously, <laughs> those are big name signings. What I'm saying is like you just can't plug names into a roster or plug this guy here, this guy there. Like, again, Potter statistically what he wanted to do makes sense sure but then you don't put into account that you need a guy that can handle egos like that's not a number you can crunch to get what you want and that's the part that I think these managers need to like or not the managers the owners need to back off like there is a human side of football that a sport like baseball or a franchise style like the major league 
baseball like MLB has that Bowley and co are, are just not used to right now and let the people you've hired now do that part. Let Potch, if, if Potch is smart, he is writing his list of demands of what he wants, time, how I'm going to run the team, what my vision of the team is. And and Bowley, I love that you watched soccer a few times, but like, let me do my thing. That will be the only way I sign this contract. Yeah. Well, I, I was gonna. I was actually gonna mention because you, you touched on Potch's personality. I mean, that's the reason why I'm sold on him too. I don't know if you guys had the chance to listen because you mentioned it earlier. Sesk uh, Fabregas's interview after the Chelsea match, where he was just standing pitch side. Um, if you watch the full extended version of that little interview, it's about like a four or five minute clip. He does mention that when Conte came in, the one thing he did that stood out to a lot of the players is. That season, Mourinho got sacked, Tiddink came in, and there seemed to be sort of like a like a flattening out in terms of our form. Like, it was just very meh. Once we announced that we hired Conte, Conte hopped on a plane, flew to Cabo, and the very next week, he was meeting with each player individually about what he has planned with them, what he plans to do with each player, where he plans to play them, with style, system, whatever. He was already prepping the team the season... The, you know, the spring before the following season. So I, I think if we hire Potch and the sooner we announce him, the sooner we can get this done, I think he'll do something similar to that. You know, he's not going to be looking at this Chelsea team and just saying, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. I'm fully expecting him to already, if he doesn't already, have access to some of the data. Um, and then when he does get announced completely, he'll have access to all of the data. But I, I, I totally expect him to kind of come in and make heads roll, sit Mudrik down sit Havertz down, sit Mount down, sit whoever, and just have that one-on-one, -on -one, hey, this is my vision for you. I want you to be playing, you're going to be my eight, or you're going to be my 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 seven, or you're going to be whatever. I think Poch is going to be able to do that because he's, you know, the track record at Tottenham shows that as well. He had a big squad when he started out, and then he was the one that kind of narrowed it down to form that concrete starting 11 that I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. They, they probably should have won the league that year if it wasn't for Hazard. So, mm -hmm. you know, you take all that into consideration. I think he has the personality to do it. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna make heads roll, which is exactly what we need right now. And I also know from you know his past jobs that he's the type of manager. If he doesn't like a player or he doesn't need a player, he's just not gonna play them, and he's not gonna pick them, which is something that we haven't had in. I mean, Frank, Bruno, and now Pot uh, Potter, Bruno, and now Frank. We haven't had that in the last three managers. Somebody that just goes, yeah. I don't see it. You got to give me more. Yeah. I'm not even going to pick you for the match day squad. Yeah. So uh, I think, and, I think and, that's and... the biggest influence he's going to have without getting too deep into the tactical side of things and who I think he'll play and where. I know for a fact that personality-wise, he does not take bullshit and he's extremely passionate about what he does, meaning he's not going to let anybody stand in his way of what he's trying to do with the team. It's the kind of character we need. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you talked about, like, not winning the Premier League because of Hazard, but the year after when Conte won it, we won it on 93 points, which I think was a record then. Tottenham got second that year with 86. 86 points the year Leicester won it would have given them the Premier League. Yeah. Like, we joke about how shit Tottenham is and all that because obviously we hate them. We fucking hate Tottenham. And the idea of, Potch, like at surface levels, like, oh, he just bottled shit at Spurs. But <laughs> imagine like having the resources Chelsea has. Like, he was never financially backed at Spurs. They decided to build a stadium to, that has room for all these trophies they don't have rather than give him the tools to, to get over the hump of making it to a Champions League final. Well, From being. Being runner-up multiple times in the Premier League, like mm -hmm. he overachieved without the resources, and now like <laughs> devil, like the 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 bitter man inside of me is like, imagine Poch wins something at Chelsea now, just to fucking rub it into like Spurs have been trying to take all Chelsea's coaches to try to win something. Imagine if we take their greatest manager ever, who hasn't who didn't win anything there. And he wins something here because we gave him the tools he needs. I think, um, yeah, 
I, I, Andres, I think that will happen though. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I know there's been Matt Law put out an article about how he thinks it's going to take a few years for this project to turn around, but I'm starting to think that maybe Matt Law just lets his hatred of the owners get in the way of his actual view on things. Because if you look at the team that Potch is going to take over imminently, reports are saying, compared to the team that he took over at Spurs, this team is way more talented way 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 more talented it, it pales in comparison so what did he do his first year do you know do you know how he did i told him in his first year how did I he do his up. first year yeah i don't know I'm, I'm asking you like like what you're saying could still be the case it took him a couple of years to like get them going and he I, got I, third I don't think place that's... third place okay wow that's really fucking good but third place. i who, who, who were first and second was it oh, wait, wait, no no hold on hold on hold on 14 15 I think he took over after he got Southampton to seventh place. Let me double check. But either way, like I think that's still a reasonable thought to, that it'll take a couple of years to get it to get it going. Listen, it, it it will, it definitely will. But I think to just go out there from now and without even having any evidence of nothing, like like not even his introductory press conference passing by, and and people are already saying, yeah, it's going to take two or three years. How do you know? Nah, it's, 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 how do you know owners. he doesn't? How do you know he doesn't come in and get the best out of Mason Mount? Get the best okay, out I, of Fafana? Get the best know? out of Conte? He could. Who knows? I, either way, I take it back. So he took over uh, in the the year prior to getting them into third place. So his first year, he got them to sixth place. Did he take over mid season, or was he there from? And was that an improvement on the year before? Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> Andres is now our uh, our researcher, but uh, well, he he took Southampton to eighth place, which was the highest they had ever gotten, and then they hired him. Uh, them being Spurs, so Spurs was sixth place the year before they brought Poch, and then he, he got them into. Seven? They had fifty four points. Wait, no, this is the current table. My oh guys. my god, this is a mess. I'm sorry, you're fired, Andres. <laughs> Our stats guy is fired. The the point being, the situation that Poch is coming into, yeah, it can be it, it does have more turmoil than the situation where he came into a Spurs. But I'm talking just purely in terms of the squads that are available to him from day number one. The yeah. the amount of talent that like regardless of how this team played and who we like and hate and think is motivated and unmotivated, if you look at just raw talent, our roster's ridiculous. I do agree, but where are the goals going to come from, Zach? Which player well, do you I think mean, he's going we, to turn to a goal Listen, scorer? that's that's one of the issues with our roster. I mean, there's two glaring issues with the roster right now: is we don't have so, a clear yeah. out and out number one keeper, and we don't have a clear out and out number nine. And I think or when so- Poch is the type of manager to come in and just say, "Look, I need these two things. That's it." I mean, he's going to be able to identify exactly what's needed and demand it. And who? Who's that? Who's that player? I don't know. I have no clue. I'll tell you. I'll is tell it, you is what, it Harry though, Kane? It's not Harry Kane. It's not Victor Osimhen. If anybody thinks we're going to be getting a player of that caliber, they're out of their fucking minds. We're not in a Why? Champions League. We're not in a Champions Neither League. Neither Tottenham. Neither if I'm Osimhen. If I'm Osimhen, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling Man United. Okay, hey, Osimhen. You guys need let's... a nine? Sign me up, baby. Tammy Abraham, you... baby. 40 mil. You... Let's get him back. But you can't make that same argument for... For... Uh, for Harry Kane on Spurs. Spurs Harry Kane should be nowhere. If I'm Harry Kane, I'm 30 years old. I've wasted my prime years at Tottenham. I'm not going to waste more years at another club not playing Champions League. If I'm Harry Kane, you're you're looking at a top club. You have to. So where? No. What other team is looking for a striker? As desperate as us. Man U's definitely going to be in the sweepstakes for Harry Kane if he becomes available. You just said they're getting Aussie, man. No, I said if I'm Aussie and I'm calling up Manu and and but offering think, myself to them, I'm not offering okay, myself well, to Chelsea. Well, if they have to, well, if United is picking between the two, I think that they would go with Aussie. I'd go with Harry but, Kane. All right, I would. Too. I got it. Sorry, I got it. it oh, went, there, we go. there we go. Finally, Andres, I double checked everything. You, we're giving you one shot okay. to get it all right, Andres. And if the if you season, don't, if you mess up, we're cutting you off. The seat. <laughs> Pochettino had one season at Southampton. He got them to eighth place. That was Premier League 13 to 14. Uh-huh. In that season, Tottenham got sixth place. 
Yeah. They hired Pochettino for the next year, going into 14 15. Poch got mm-hmm. them into fifth place the first year. Mm-hmm. Then from there, they jumped to third place. So they went okay. from fifth to third in two years. So two he, years. In two years, he, he got them top six and then top four. Which so will be top four in uh, four years, five years? Five, two years. <laughs> in two years. He has two years well, to get we're the top four. Well, we're, we're worse than his Southampton team that finished yeah, we're starting at Yeah, we're starting at <laughs> yeah, 12. But it's going to take a couple, listen, other couple listen. years. I think we can. I think, <sighs> yeah, we're, okay, I like, think it, top six is the is honestly a good starting point yeah, for next like all jokes aside yeah. like all jokes aside chelsea are not the 12th best team in the premier league like that's we we know that to be true on paper like, yeah even our rivals know that to be true as well like yeah. We, yeah we played like the 12th best team this this season this season yeah but we're not the 12th best team in the premier league but i still don't know how far we can get without a striker and I don't know who the answer to that like is Ivan Tony is is like is he going to come in if he's if we get him to quit gambling yeah if he's not in jail <laughs> let him keep gambling as long no, as he but, scores hey, goals Tammy Tammy is listed for at 40 million you never know Dybala is a free hey, transfer Andreas, like, I, I I joked about that while you were gone about bringing but, Tammy Abraham back. I mean <laughs> if if we're if we're talking about like oh Poch can bring Lukaku back Tammy scored goals at in the Premier League level I mean it's to be to be fair like Tuchel just played different Tammy scored with Lampard we just talked shit about Lampard Lampard got Tammy to score so yeah he would be our leading scorer and, right now and and Harry Kane was a fucking nobody when Pochettino arrived. Harry Kane was a twenty-one-year-old bench warmer when Pochettino arrived. He was an MK Don's fucking yeah. coming back. No, that from was Deli Ali. That was Deli Ali. Oh, was it Deli? Or, or where was Harry Kane then? Harry Kane did a bunch of different loans, like including he did Leicester. Leicester for a while. He did. He was just. No, he literally I, I got minutes because because they had Soldado. Um, Yorente and somebody else, and they all got fucking injured, and that's why Harry Kane like came in for a little bit. Yeah, and that was for, under Villas Boas. He went on loan at Leighton, Millwall, Norwich, and Leicester. Wow. So yeah. Pochettino made Harry Kane. Yes, I mean Harry Kane yeah. definitely hey. broke out under Poch, and hey, and, and and it also should be said, he was the only manager to get a tune out of Dele Ali. also no hey, other manager also, was able to get performances out of him that, that guy at PSG killing Mbappe here's here's the thing right that's the the, the positive of, of this we don't have this ginormous titan level locker room ego situation which he obviously failed at handling but Son was a nobody with speed and he became Son under Poch we now have a speedy winger from the Ukraine who's trying to, you know, make his name here. That could be a nice little like for like. And Kunku's coming in. He's way better than Deli Ali ever was. So that's a nice little bonus. I, I don't know. We need we need to get this done. Speak we were talking about why it's taken so long. I really hope it's just Poch being like, I need this to make sense for me because you guys have royally fucked up your first year's owners. I hope that's not the case. Because then he'll decide not to not to join the team. Um, okay, should we like refocus on the Arsenal the match. match? Let's do it. No, I think there's only a couple things that I think are worth mentioning. And I mentioned, I, I said earlier, I wanted to get back to this Raheem Sterling. Both him and Abamyang, we'll talk about. But man, Sterling, I. I have been on record since the day we announced the signing. He's just doesn't have it. He's not the guy. And he looked so lost. I I can't believe that he played for so for as long as he did. Um and and I'm I'm also equally surprised that Mujic didn't get the start against against Arsenal, the team that he almost went to. Come on, like who, who's gonna be more who's gonna be more motivated than him? Maybe Aubameyang actually trying to get revenge on Arsenal, and he was probably worse than Raheem Sterling. Um, 
Raheem Sterling, 15 of 25 passes completed, zero chances created, pretty much useless. Aubameyang, nine touches. Nine touches. Best Lukaku impression I've seen in a long time. Zero, zero pressures from the front. <laughs> you, zero of two duels won. Useless, again. Like, <laughs> like he's, he was so bad that Kai Havertz coming on a striker was an improvement. Like, that's how bad it was. It'll get worse too, Sam, because Kai will start next game and he'll be useless and then we'll bring on Aubameyang. <laughs> so no. it's only just gonna flip it's only gonna Never flip the other way around yeah. See, I, I, yeah I'm back I gotta be positive I thought the front three of Mudrik, Kai and Noni could work I think it could work better than this front three we started with I think that front three could be better can't if be it's worse gonna work, if it's gonna work we gotta be like I don't know, obviously I'm not gonna say like be as good as them but like on in arsenal's style where yeah like um they're getting goals from the strikers position but most of their goals are coming from their wingers yeah so kai havertz is not going to be the guy scoring we saw noni score like uh in, in this last game but uh mudrick is still he's he's still waiting for his first goal right yeah he hasn't scored yet yeah. so he got an assist but he he hasn't scored Almost it's had another. Coming, I think. Yeah, I, I think. But, I think yeah. he's. I think he's ready to pop next season under the right manager. He looks. He looks good. I've been waiting for Chelsea to pop for the better past. You know, we're we're pushing on eighteen months. I've been saying, man, next yeah. week is gonna be that five nil baby. We just well, need Norwich to get promoted again so we can slap at least one team a year. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, but, look, it, the, the fact that both of them started is. Tells you everything you need to know about the current state of the team. Like everything's in such disarray. It, it's gotten to the point where we have absolutely nothing to play for, and we're highlighting two of the worst performers on the day. One of them doesn't even want to be here. We know that, and the other one's hasn't done it since day one, stepping foot through the doors at Chelsea Football Club, and continues to get his opportunities. It's like when is enough enough? Like at what point can you just? throw Mudrik or Chukwameka or whoever out oh there and just God, say, like, you can do a million times. You, you can't do any worse than what this guy has done. So just go out there, play guilt-free, play loose, and see what, see what you can do. But instead, we keep playing the Sterlings, the Aubameyangs, and it's just like... It, it's... You know what it does? It prolongs and delays turning things around. That's all it does. It's the most counterproductive thing we can possibly do. Like, why not give your younger players or, or periphery players that are going to be here next year some sort of confidence? And even yeah, if they're I not going to the play rationale. themselves, even if they're not going to play themselves into the confidence, what about getting, what about having the club's confidence that we believe in you? Don't worry if you play bad for the next three or four matches. You're just going to start the rest of the season. Just find your footing. Learn how to get hit in the Premier League. Mudrik's learning really well. Noni's learning really well. Chukwameka barely got a chance. Fofana barely got a chance. Lewis Hall looked, looked great when he, when he started for us. Where the fuck has he been? I mean, he's been 10 times the player Kukurea has been this entire season. How come he's not getting a shout? Hey, we need midfielders? Guess what? Lewis Hall plays midfield. He doesn't even play wingback, and he was one of our better wingbacks on the season. Like... I can just keep going down this list of players that should be playing and should be getting an opportunity and aren't. But I mean, I'm just pointless at this point. Like, uh, I, like I have no hope that we're going to be playing these guys. The one like thing, if if we're trying to find like a weird silver lining, because we did highlight Sterling and Aubameyang being bad, and then we highlighted on the opposite end, Noni and Mudrik. And there's two things in common here: Sterling and Aubameyang were summer transfer signings, pre having directors of football, sporting directors, recruitment. And then we got Noni and Mudrik in January. And it's like the summer transfer window outside of probably Wesley Fofana was atrocious. It was, and Tuchel we didn't want so it. Much. it. We spent so much. And Tuchel multiple times was like, I, I don't want to do this. And those were his targets because he was asked to do a job he didn't want to do. But then... The January signings, 
we we mentioned these two. Enzo has been class ninety percent of the time he's been here. Recently, I think it's just fatigue is catching up, and he's playing as the deepest of the midfielders. But add body shield to the list. Like the January moves have all been really good ones, which only adds more to Zach's frustration and our own frustration of not seeing these young guys. And and again, it just what was discussed with Lampard when he came on? I, I it just more and more. It, it really just feels like they fired Potter. They thought they could maybe convince Nogglesman or Enrique to to come in their terms, not not into the coach's terms, in the owner's terms. And then when they said no, Lampard was kind of like, "I'll do it," without any further conversation. Because again, Hitting understood the assignment. He was playing. Kennedy, he was playing Loftus Cheek. He was playing all these players when we were down in 15. Bertrand Traore. Bertrand Traore at the right wing. Yeah, he was playing a decent amount. It was just one of those things where why why not? We cannot just it's not it's not the NBA. Like we we don't get to hit a reset button here. These players need to go into next season with something like established to an extent. So I hope Noni and Mudrik both start. They have to. They have to like, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like it's like we have players' parents knocking on Frank's door and saying, "Why isn't my son playing?" And Frank going, "Oh yeah, okay. Here, Pierre, you start next match. You haven't been playing. What's fair is fair. Like, there's enough to go around for everybody. Fucking hate that attitude. I want us to just kind of go out the the rest of the season here. I mean, we really honestly have nothing to lose." And granted, we are struggling with scoring goals, but like, play that front three that finished a game against Arsenal. Get a solid midfield behind them, defensively solid midfield behind them, and just like don't play Aspie and don't, don't play, play Aspie while we're at just it. Don't play Aspie. No, no, I, I, I was gonna get there. Trust me. But like, the point being, just like tell these guys to just go out there and just be free flowing. Don't worry about making mistakes in the attacking third. Don't worry about being called for offsides by trying to you know uh, uh beat the offside like don't try don't worry about any of that and like right now it feels like every single player out there they if they don't know what they either don't know what they're doing and they're trying to do everything for themselves or they're terrified of making a mistake and they're just making that stupid sideways pass going here you figure out what to do with it because i really have no clue like just put like, the guys out there and tell them do what you can just wing it in the attack even i feel like it's better than what we have guys like I'm not I'm not trying to discredit your guys' takes, but that what you guys are saying is is obvious. Like that's the obvious thing that you should be doing right now. And it just it's got me banging my head against the wall, the fact that Frank isn't playing the young guys. He's like I, I just I can't even think of like any rationale for playing Pick for the lineups that he's picking and not playing the young guys. Like, what the fuck do we have to play for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's not like this is going to be an audition. Like, what we're we're trying to sell Sterling and Aubameyang? Oh, they, like they they are what they are. We're not going to sell Sterling this summer, probably. Like, it, what what is the reason of starting these guys over our young players? Like, what what is we don't know what we have in, in David in David Fofana. Like we we don't because we haven't seen it. Like we, we saw him for one what, half and he looked he looked half decent. He looked more lively than Kai did. Yeah, we know exactly what a Bamiang is. We yeah. everybody and their mothers knows what a Bamiang is in twenty twenty three. Everybody knows I, I what Ziesh is. You know, every like, like, like and that's no the thing. Like, There's it, no everybody knows what no Havertz is. Like, all of these guys just continue to keep playing and playing and playing. I'm looking at the bench right now. Chokomeka and Fofana weren't even on the bench. They haven't been selected Pulisic on the bench once either. under Frank Lampard. Like, can you explain to me why? God damn it, Frank! I love you so much. You are making it hard to love you. <laughs> Like, it's pissing me off, man. Like, I have no problem shitting and hating on Graham Potter, but when it's Frank Lampard, like, dude, stop giving me a reason to not like you anymore. Like, that's not gonna happen, but just like, 
Why are you making it so hard for me? It's, yeah. It doesn't, and, and you would think What's a guy like that who understands the fabric of the club and what it means to play for the shirt and all the whole emotion behind it and what it means for the fans, you would think that he would know, especially considering that he was sitting in the stands as a fan the match before he took over when watching us play against Liverpool and he yeah. didn't notice how bad Kai was that game, how we probably could have beat Liverpool if we had a, a, a striker that would make one out of every 10 shots even. What, you but, think that's the first Chelsea match you watched all year? You probably no, watched no, no, all no, our no. matches. I, I'm just saying, like, for somebody that knows the club that well and for somebody that's actually sat pitch right. side and phys watched us physically and experienced the atmosphere this season in person, it's baffling to me that he hasn't identified any of the issues that we just touched on. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm I'm just saying, like, it's it's even worse yeah. than what you make it to be. It's damning. Like, it's, 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 it's really bad. I mean, this is the okay. most, this is easily Frank's biggest failure as a professional. And I, and I would go as far to say that this is the biggest individual failure as professionals for each and every player on this Chelsea team, too. There's not hot a take. single player on this team that can hold their head high after this season. Like, hot take, is Frank Lampard, like, the worst manager in Premier League history? Second. second Who's worst. second? Frank DeVore is number one. What, this something is based about, off of was what, like, like winning percentage? He, he went, went like 0-7 like or something with Palace. He was so, and then he went to Atlanta United in the MLS, and then they thought that he would be good over there, and then he started out there like 0-4 or 0-5 and, and got sacked mid-season too, so. Wait, I don't remember this guy. Frank, Frank, De oh, Frank DeVore's? Yeah, Frank DeVore, Yeah, D-E-B-O-E-R. I don't know why I'm forgetting this guy, but he's like a Dutch, a way, Dutch yeah, guy. Like he was a very boring manager. Let's just put it that way. Not entertaining <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, there's, there's something about managers named Frank that just don't <laughs> work out. Except Thomas Frank. If it's yeah. a last name, then it works. Yeah. Yeah. I. Mean, uh, what else? We What else do we talk about this episode, guys? I feel like nothing, we've, we've said it I all. Honestly, we've vented. We've. He, we pride, did. we've laughed. And I don't even want to preview the Bournemouth match because I'm going to predict the Philip Billing I'm double scared. beat us. I'm scared. Fucking Dom Solanke comes back to Bro, haunt us. The fact that, like, we're, we are realistically talking about how Bournemouth can we, jump us in the table by beating us. It's a six-point swing. They just it's, rolled leads over 4-1, too. So, like, it's wild to just think I don't, about care about that at this point like like i don't i don't even fin i don't care if we finish like 15th like what's the difference between finishing 15th and finishing 12th sorry my money. dog is barking it's all good it's it's like fractionals amount of money but yeah and it's not gonna make a difference to todd Bowley and the other owners like it's yeah. it's literally just like let's just finish this season our money would we're be not better we're not spent. like if you look if you look like the bottom five teams, you know, like like Forest is an 18th, but Leeds and Leicester, they're all equal on points. So it's not like, oh, like one of those teams has to jump us. It's like all three of them, like, and all the teams below them, they have really difficult schedules. Like, I think even if we don't, I don't, I think if we don't pick up a point the rest of the season, we're, we're most likely safe. Like I was worried about it until I like actually looked at the remaining schedule of the other teams and like they all have to make miraculous turnarounds after having such terrible seasons. Like they're not gonna pick it up in the last five matches of the season. Like I, I refuse to believe that. Um But we definitely won't. We're gonna fucking suck the rest of the year. <laughs> I I don't think we're gonna pick up another point, guys. I don't I really think we will either. either. If yeah. it, especially, especially if we don't score, like if we don't score first, excuse me. Like there is games over. Like whenever Odegaard scored, it's like that. There's there's nothing else game. here. Yeah. Useless. It was. It was. It really, really was useless. Everybody was. I feel. And it's useless I don't know about watching. You. <laughs> I know. So, okay, so, like, so just to give you guys an idea, sorry to cut you off some, but like I'm looking at Forest's schedule really quickly. I mean, they got Southampton, us, Arsenal, and Palace. 
if they lose to Southampton, assuming they drop points, right? Let's say they lose. They need to pick up nine points to equal us. And Arsenal's not going to lose. Like, Arsenal has to beat them. Like, they're not going to lose. Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. has to go undefeated. Like, to them, every game is like a final now because they're okay, hoping City exactly. chokes. Exactly. Zach, you exactly. just named one. You just named Forest, right? Leeds and Leicester are equal on points with them. Like they all three of them need three points. Uh, three. Yeah, everyone with thirty points or less has to win. Well, three guess out what? Of Leeds plays Man Forest. City and Newcastle next. So yeah, I, I highly doubt that they pick up. I highly doubt that they pick up a that, result there. That's and then you got point. Leicester. They are playing Fulham, Liverpool, Newcastle, and West Ham. So I think I think Leicester has the easiest schedule out of all of them because I mean really Newcastle's the only team that has anything to play for. Liverpool's outside of the European spot or they're in the European spot, so they still have something to play for too. I mean, I don't think we get relegated, but like, dude, this is the Premier League. Like <laughs> anything can happen. For all we know, Forrest can just light it up for the last three weeks of the season or dude jamie vardy could just go on a tear and score five goals between now and the end of the season like we don't know like i i don't i don't want to sit here and say we're gonna be okay because we haven't been all season long so like why now are all of a sudden we're okay mathematically we're still not and we're and like we all just right. clarified we all firmly believe that we're not going to be picking up any more <laughs> points so like even with point, that though I think it's more important that we watch the other games as opposed to the Chelsea games <laughs> because those okay, I, are actually going to have bigger implications on where we finish in the table than our own fucking performances are. That's yeah, because it's, it's already a foregone conclusion what's happening with us. Okay, but on that point, I just want to like finish the episode on this last last thing. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on like fans leaving? at halftime and the empty like the away stand being empty pretty much like in the second half is that like is that a plastic fan base type of thing or like do do you not blame them like it's it's, at this point i don't blame them i don't either like dude we it's not like we just got dropped out of the top four for like a week you know like that's when i'm like okay y'all are being ridiculous like when fans were crying to like to sorry and stuff and we were solidly in the top four and we won the europa Mm -hmm. league that that to me is like shitty fan behavior but we're at a point where like we've been discussing we are not gonna win there is no direction on the field players don't give a shit obviously the manager doesn't give a shit either because he's not taking any responsibility so why should they like they probably deserve a refund at this point like i like i like what spurs did with the players the players refunded the 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 fans the away fans for like a shitty display i would love for that to happen but guess what this locker room has zero fucking leadership like that's not gonna happen so no i don't blame those fans at all if anything the other fans that stayed like i wonder if they just couldn't get an uber home or they were just the tourists yeah they came from far away there's a good chance that they came from far away I don't I don't blame them whatsoever. And like I'll be the first person to call out like during the sorry season. I mean we we called out I mean I was calling out the fans for just being sort of entitled little bitches because I mean boo hoo we finish in 5th or 6th one season. Like go cry about it. But when the results are this bad, like if if it, it just comes down to the simple fact of the matter, like if the players aren't going to try, then why the fuck should I sit there and watch? They're not giving me a reason to be optimistic they're not giving me a reason to be joyful they're not entertaining me they're not scoring goals they're not getting results they're not accomplishing anything they're not growing they're not improving so like if none of those things are happening why go you know it's different if we were mid-table and we were still somewhat fun to watch we picked up some wins here and there you know x y or z like 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 i'll just throw a random like a just a random team out there if we were like brentford for example would we be leaving the stadium at halftime? I think that would be a little bit ridiculous because the team's still putting in an effort. They're still performing well, you know, like they're still competitive at the very least. And you don't even need to be competitive in the table. You just need to be competitive week in and week out at this point, and they can't even do that. So, like, my point of view is I agree with all those fans that are leaving. If they feel like they don't want to sit there and waste their time and they have other things to do, go do them. Because watching Chelsea isn't going to make your day any better. It's not going to turn your mood around. It's not going to make your Sunday amazing. It's not going to make you have a great weekend with the wife and kids. 
It's just going to make you sulk. Like, for me, it's made me sulk. <laughs> it's ruined my weekends, you know? So, like, I don't, I don't want to sit there and watch a team and a bunch of group of players that honestly couldn't give two shits about me. Like, why should I give a fuck about them? Dude, I don't even want to watch them at home on TV. Yeah. But I, I don't, the only reason why I think I haven't completely tuned out this season is because I have a podcast and I have to talk about the games. If it weren't for this... I probably would not watch another game the rest of the season. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's uh, we'll wrap this up. I want to finish this off by saying happy birthday, Andre Santos. Uh, turned nineteen today. Woo! Uh, he's can't he's, wait to see you. Is he gonna join the team next season? Yeah, if he'll we be sell enough uh, players. We should be. He'll able be to the get leading him. scorer in a championship for us next year. <laughs> From center mid, because the strikers still can't score. <laughs> I, okay, well, I'll, I'll be on record that I officially, at this point, have zero concern or fear of getting relegated. Even if we score, even if we get zero points for the rest of the season, which I think is going to happen. Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening to our vent session. I don't know about you guys. I kind of feel better after this episode. Kind of let it all out. Um, cathartic yeah it's been it's been a rough season and i think i would have been more mad about losing to arsenal if i hadn't already given up on the season completely like last month so yeah it feels better now after we uh got it all out but uh if you don't already make sure you hit us up follow us up on uh twitter at blues on parade um and keep an eye out for the Bournemouth match. We will uh, see you guys after that. And until then, keep the blue flag flying high.